0: Hey, everybody. Hello, hello. Welcome back to our look at
1: the Dragon Quest series. Yay, uh, one of the best RPG series of all time, way better than Final Fantasy. I actually kind of agree with that. Yeah, I mean, based on what it's become. Although I'm excited for Final Fantasy VII Remake.
0: Um. <laughs>
1: Even let's, though I am excited, I kind of agree with that sentiment a little bit. Let's
0: let's not get that far <laughs> off track. Let's <laughs> sure. Let's talk about Dragon Quest. Dragon Quest! final fantasy 7 doesn't have to enter every conversation about That's jrpgs did you know i got um a quick shout out to the company bitmap books go look at their stuff it's amazing
1: bitmap books
0: uh but i got a book from them about crpgs which are western computer rpgs
1: okay i've heard that term yeah yeah mm-hmm. i
0: mean it's it's your ultimas right. it's your so on and so forth Final Fantasy Seven got a got a segment in there to talk about it to review it. That's uh, terrible. I hate that <laughs> because it did get a computer port at one point, and they say now we're allowed to talk about it in this book. Like, okay, first of but all, that's it, not the spirit of what CRPG means, and the whole context of that book is giving you the history of the series and everything. Right, that's the only one that starts at seven and doesn't go any further. It doesn't talk about one through, like that's very weird you can have a discussion about RPGs without talking
1: about Final Fantasy 7, for the love of God. Yeah, especially CRPGs. That's not, that's, that's not what a CRPG is. A CRPG is like Baldur's Gate.
0: Yeah, more frustrating too.
1: I'm not trying to make a controversial
0: statement here, but it is a... We
1: have totally derailed this conversation. Please go on.
0: <laughs> it is not out of the ordinary for people to claim that Planescape Torment is the best CRPG. It generally sure. shows up at the top of these lists. It's will, generally accepted. I will take
1: your word for that. Yes. I'm not okay. saying
0: I'm not saying definitively it is. Sure. But widely accepted, it's up there. When it gets to Planescape Torment in the book, it continually compares it to Final Fantasy VII oh, for some reason, okay. despite it being a completely different genre. I think. Anyway, Dragon War Here <laughs> Dragon Quest Four. Dragon Quest Four. Uh,
1: Dragon Quest IV, Chapters of the Chosen. Yeah, I remember that one. I remember all of the. Well, I think I remember all of the subtitles after this, because that's when they started really getting subtitles. So, uh, with 4, 5, and 6, I did not play the original versions. I
0: played the remakes that they made for the Game Boy Advance. True. DS. The DS? I borrowed them from
1: you. Yes, yeah. It's uh, <laughs> how I played them. <laughs> yeah, I have all of those of 4, 5, and 6 on the DS. And they are. Uh, at least 4 and 5 are among some of my favorites.
0: 4 and 5 are great. Yeah. Um, so 4, I like we started out by saying the Dragon Quest series never really breaks its own mold.
1: But that's not entirely true. Mechanically they do Mechanically don't. it doesn't. Mechanically it is recognizable from the original.
0: But storytelling wise, they do continually try to mix it up and make it interesting. Right. Uh, and 4 was really, 4 was different in terms of in fact it's different I can't think of a Final Fantasy game that's comparable to Dragon Quest IV in the way it's composed, because it is told in chapters, with different characters per chapter, some of which span multiple chapters
1: or are revisited, Right. but it... Dragon Quest, I'll tell you this, as someone who played the original Dragon Warrior IV on the NES, is very confusing, because you select the gender of your main hero and then you put in their name and then it starts you as a soldier named Ragnar. <laughs> and there in and, and in the remake that you played there's a little prolog thing where you run around like the like the main hero's hometown and get a little bit of backstory at the very beginning. But in the original you just put in your name and your gender and then you're just this totally unrelated soldier. Romancing Saga 2 does the same thing. At the very beginning of the game, you pick your gender. True, true, yeah, and then you don't play that character till the end of the game. Right, that's true. But I had had not even heard of *Romancing Saga* back then, so I remember like I want to say that I like restarted that game once because I thought maybe it just didn't save my choices (laughs) or turned you into Ragnar because I'm like, who's I selected a female character named Monica or whatever, and I'm like, now I'm the soldier named Ragnar. That's very weird. Um, yes. I agree. That's but, great. but then, after you get over that initial shock, um, I love the structure I do of too. Dragon Quest IV. You play the first four chapters as the party of the main hero that you will then recruit as the main hero in, like, the back half of the game, in Chapter 5. Um... And I think that's wonderful. I think it. I think. And they're such good characters. They're such good characters. It gives. It gives the characters so much more like meaning and personality. Maya and And Nina. Yeah, Nina Maya. uh,
0: The sisters, one of whom's a fortune teller, and the other of whom is a. I'm gonna say exotic dancer, (laughs) but she, to my knowledge, doesn't actually strip.
1: She doesn't. But all of the, I mean, all of the dancers in the Dragon Quest world are exotic dancers that just don't take their top off. (laughs) Bottoms only. Sure, right? (laughs) Bottomless dancers. Yeah, I mean, that was, obviously, you know me, so that was my favorite chapter. Yeah. You know, Uh, the chapter that really stuck
0: out for me, and this is going to be one of those weird Jeff things, I'm already anticipating I already know what you're
1: going to say. What am I going to say? You're going to say the Taloon chapter. I am gonna say yeah, the Tuloon Chapter. Uh, the Taloon chapter is great. It's a I it's... have always
0: wanted to me it seems like the concept of playing a shopkeeper in a JRPG environment has a lot of meat on the bone that's never fully been explored. Yeah. Uh there are games that have tried it, but inevitably those games turn the shopkeeper into an adventurer right. as well. Right i'm not entirely sure how you'd make the shopkeeper game where he's not an adventurer interesting enough
1: yeah but i feel like there's got to be a way well i feel like this game kind of did it because you have you don't have to do a lot of adventuring in the taloon chapter yeah you can you can technically technically in the taloon chapter you can just work at that weapon shop at that initial weapon shop and raise all the money you need to have your own store. But the Taloon chapter is not about fighting. You don't have to level up really yeah. in the Taloon chapter. You just, um, in case Taloon is the merchant. Taloon is a merchant. He works at a weapon shop in a town at the beginning of his chapter. He wants to own his own store, and so the goal of that chapter, rather than like going on a mini quest or whatever, is for him just to go to this southern kingdom and then have what is it like 35,000 gold to buy his own store it's something like that yeah. and um, and so the goal is not fighting monsters and like exploring caverns and stuff and leveling up it's just getting gold however you can and there's all these different systems set up in the game where he like buys and sells different things you can have him just work as weapon store there's like you can't you can go like adventuring in a cave you can hire adventurers yes. you have to use gold to hire party members like a mage and a warrior and stuff that are stronger than you and then you go into you can go into a cave and then you find like uh like artifacts or whatever and those are worth a lot of money that you can sell but the goal like there's no like you need to be this level to take on this final boss of this chapter because the only final boss is having enough gold to buy your own store and it is it is very very interesting and i agree that that is that is a great, great chapter. I, of course, just like the sisters trying to avenge their father. I'm a little more straightforward.
0: I, I like the sisters. I also like Princess Elena. Yeah, they're all good. She, all the characters are so good. We're, we'll talk about Dragon Quest heroes later, mm. but for me, Princess Elena really came alive in those games. Yeah. Like, she is so much fun. And her long-suffering uh, Bray, I or no, Kirill. Kirill. Christo. Kirol.
1: Yeah, Kristo was his original name. <laughs> <laughs> I said I always said Krisco <laughs> Poor long suffering Kirill, because
0: Princess Elena is a very brash forward, like
1: tomboyish yeah, tomboy Russian princess. princess. And they're Russian. I, this this game also kind of interests introduced that in the remakes, is everybody has kind of a regional accent. Yeah. And Elena and those guys are For me rushed. Ragnar was actually the most boring. The warrior. Yeah. Um, but no, it's really good. Poor, long-suffering Carol. He's in love with the princess, and she's so oblivious to it. She's oblivious to most things. Yeah. She's, she's just really...
0: gung-ho. Anyway, so 4 is great uh, because it it lets you get to know the party members more so than any other JRPG I can think of because yeah. you spend time with them in their lives before they join the main character's right.
1: party. The, the main hero is a stranger by the time you actually yeah. get to that that meaty chapter five and then you start recruiting all of these other people that you've gotten to know over the first half of the game and it is a really cool a cool system i'm
0: looking forward to us reviewing it for home on the rng i'm wondering if we should play the remake or the original um. although th- that's the kind of a nice thing about having you around is like I can play I've can played the original yeah, I know. Of most of these games I know, I can play the newest, slickest version and sure. then you're there to go, yeah. well you know in the original in the original
1: yeah. so, uh, one of the many of, reasons the, Russ is a part of this right. project like one of my tangents, that I'll go to, not really a tangent, but in the original for example when you get to chapter 5 with the main hero you can't <coughs> directly control any of your party members there's no oh. option for that at all oh no
0: I can't do
1: that. You control the main hero and all the other characters from the other previous chapters are all AI controlled.
0: No. Yeah. No, thank you.
1: So you can feel free to just play the DS version. Yeah.
0: Yeah. No, I, I like to have direct control of
1: my party members. I One one quick tangent. Remember when Persona 3, you couldn't control any of your own party members? Yes. <laughs> I hate that
0: too. Um, so we're <laughs> going to move on to Dragon Quest Five. <sighs> Hand of the Heavenly Bride. Hand of the Heavenly Bride. Of of all of the Dragon Quests, I want to say, like, pre-8, Sure. this is probably the most well-known, or the most talked about. It's the most talked about now. I mean, it was originally... The most iconic? Uh, iconic, sure. Pre-8, because 8... Dragon Quest 8, and we'll talk about it when we get to it, but for those of you who don't know the Dragon Quest series as well, in the fandom, Dragon Quest 8 kind of has the reputation of Final Fantasy seven.
1: yeah. It uh, it uh, it it's it's kind modernized of modernized the yeah. series in a lot of ways. It's still totally recognizable from the earlier yeah, ones, yeah. but
0: it, I just mean in terms of that's that's everybody's touch point when they it is. a lot of people when they think Dragon Quest they picture eight in their head. Eight was a big showpiece compared to, but before the eight came eight. along, I feel like five was the iconic one.
1: I mean, I don't think you're wrong, but because five and six were never released outside Japan, no. Until they got remakes, a lot of people didn't even know about Dragon Quest V until the DS era. I agree that, in, from what I understand, in Japan, yes, Dragon Quest V was, like, had the most notoriety. And
0: was one of the most beloved. Hand of the Heavenly Bride.
1: Well,
0: I love the basic concept of Five, which is, you are not the prophesied hero of legend. Right. You're his dad. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. But you start out the game as a kid. Right.
1: You're a little boy. You're a little boy. you dad.
0: Yeah. And through the course of the game, you grow up. Eventually, you get married, which we'll get to in a second, because yeah. that's a big... But you go through all the stages of and life. And then you, you have a kid, and that kid is, is the, the hero. hero.
1: And you then accompany your kid yeah. to slay the great evil yeah you're a little boy traveling with your dad then you meet a little girl you go out on an adventure on your own then you end up as a teenager you travel with your best friend then you go out you meet a girl you get married you travel with her then you have kids then you travel with your wife and kids i mean you get to follow the hero for his whole life did you know that this game has been
0: credited as being the first known video game to feature a playable pregnancy
1: oh that's interesting and, I mean, true. Yeah. So, we're discovering play- first everywhere. <laughs> first game with a playable pregnant woman. Do we...
0: Another tangent, just because I f- always okay. find this factoid uh, fascinating. What was the first Nintendo game that allowed you to get gay married?
1: We played it. The first Nintendo game? I was gonna say Great Greed. There you that- go.
0: It was on a Game oh, Boy. Oh, it was
1: on the Game Boy. Yeah. Yes. Okay. We The yep. first game we ever played
0: was a Original Game Boy game that you could get gay married. You could. In. You could marry the king. It was, uh, it was semi hidden. You could marry the king or or the, the bodyguard yeah. or
1: mm-hmm. the super old woman or the really underage girl. So Dragon Quest yeah, Five. Yeah. Um. No, it's. Uh, yeah, it is fantastic. That that whole structure of of playing one character through.
0: And you had a monster as one of lot. your
1: main party members for a good chunk of the game. Well, you could recruit monsters. Yeah. I can't... W- did that start in this one? That started in this one. This was the first Dragon Quest. You recruit monsters. Then you start... In, in an early part of the game, you get your first monster, little saber cat, kitten, or whatever. And then um, and then later on, as you get older, you actually become the master of monsters, and you learn how to recruit all kinds of monsters. And I love that system, this is the best... I mean, of course, there's Pokemon. There's, like, Pokemon. Cool. And the whole point of that is recruiting monsters. But I've never played another RPG that I enjoyed, like, the monster recruitment and the monster party forming as much as Dragon Quest. And I think it's because the monsters are so iconic in this game. Yeah, The and monster design... They still
0: have the same look from the original. They just... do, yeah. Those... The way the... The monster designs in Dragon Quest are just... Incredible, They are. There is so
1: much detail and personality in every monster. And they're like, they're like cute, but then some of them are also like menacing at the same time. They just have, I just love, I love that art style that they use. So, we'll go ahead
0: and get to this part because we're going to end up having an argument. We are, yeah. uh, There does come a time when you get to pick the hand of the Heavenly Bride. Uh, in the original game, there were two choices. In the remake, there were three. Three. We'll talk about the original two choices first. Um, So there comes a time where the hero is on his adventure, Mm -hmm. and he slays a giant monster to help a town and has been promised the hand of a merchant's beautiful daughter in return for slaying this monster. Yes. That same time, uh, Bianca, who's a childhood friend of his, Bianca goes with you on some of your childhood adventures. Right. She comes into town. She, I think she helps you slay the great monster. She does. She
1: actually goes on your little quest with you to slay the monster.
0: And your hero finds himself torn the night of his wedding. Should he marry this merchant's daughter that he's known for five minutes? Or should he marry his childhood friend? Now, I want to put things into perspective for you guys. And to be fair, I have my choice. Russ has his. Sure. But I'm going to be fair still. Uh, if you're a Persona fan, it's... This choice is very similar to choosing between Chie and Yukiko. (laughs) It
1: is. That's very true. Because
0: (laughs) Bianca is your semi tomboyish, very tomboyish. Uh, She's got like a southern accent in the remake. Yeah, she's kind of a. She's kind of a. a, She's a little bit of a hick. Yeah, she is. But she's your childhood friend. You've gone on adventures together. You've probably saved each other's life at one point or another Mm -hmm. in those adventures. Uh.
1: Nara. Thank is the you. Other. Nara, Nara is the merchant's daughter.
0: Nara, the merchant's daughter, is very beautiful, very ladylike. She's the Yukiko. Uh, she she's a magician more than a fighter. And you've known her for five minutes, and your choice is between Yukiko that you've known for five minutes and Shie <laughs> that you've known your whole life. Canonically, the choice is Bianca, the childhood the friend. childhood friend. Yes. Almost everybody picks <laughs> Bianca. I agree not with Bianca being the only
1: good choice. Russ, why are you wrong? I just like, I just like Nara. I just like her. It was love at first sight. Why did you hate Bianca? I didn't hate Bianca, but Bianca's my bro, oh. and I'm not going to marry oh. my bro. Oh, you're going to throw my Chie argument against I'm me. I'm not going to marry my bro, Bianca's my best friend. But Nera, I fell in love with at first
0: sight. So there you go, there are options. Although apparently Nera's not a good option in the
1: original game. In the original, um, yeah, in the original, Nara is not like, and her name's Flora, at least that's how it was translated in the original. And she's not a good option because she actually can't even level up that much. She's not intended to be a fighter or a part of your party. Bianca, Bianca is the fighter. They changed that in the remake. And Nera actually is a viable, like, a viable character for your party. She's just a mage, rather than kind of a thief-mage hybrid, sort of like Bianca is. What else did they add in the remake? And in the remake, they added a third choice for you. So in the remake, Nera has a sister, Deborah. It's Deborah. (laughs) I like saying Deborah. It's Deborah. It is Deborah. Okay. Um, she has a sister and she is uh she is basically she's a knockout. She's just like the sexiest woman that you've ever seen. Wow. Russ is just lying through his teeth. And she's described she is, as
0: like unkempt and dirty. <laughs> she's beautiful.
1: She's also beautiful. And unkempt and dirty. But unkempt and dirty as in like slut shaming. Russ. Yeah. Russ. Yeah. She's also
0: extremely dominant. She's, she's a, basically she's a, a dominatrix. She's a real asshole
1: yes. <laughs> when you first marry her. And <laughs> I, she's, I find that very. She softens over the course of the game, but she's a real. Yeah, yeah she's just a real jerk to you. I,
0: I, I find it fascinating that they went, okay, so we're making a remake. What do fans want? They probably want a third girl. Let's put a third girl in that nobody would ever want to pick. Because even if you're kind of into that dominating thing, you probably want her to at least have combed her hair once in her life. Sure. It's just, it's it, it's amusing to me that they put in a third option and kind of clearly stated, <laughs> by the way, you don't want none of this.
1: Yeah. It's still, Nera is still the best girl. So, for marriage. uh, Yeah, Dragon Quest V is... Fantastic! It is phenomenal, uh,
0: yeah. and they actually made a, a semi-movie version of it.
1: They did. There's a there's a CG animated film, Dragon Quest: Your Story, uh, that you can watch on Netflix, and it is it is based on Dragon Quest Five. It's not exactly the same story, but no, it's, it's very close. I mean, they had to compress that. it quite a bit Absolutely. for. Yeah.
0: To make it into a movie. And it's... The ending is a little bit of a twist, but for the most part,
1: it's Dragon Quest V. Yeah, for the most part, it is a good movie. The ending's just weird. I I like the ending, personally, but that's just... Because I didn't see it coming. Yeah, I didn't see it coming, either. I thought it was dumb, but I mean, it doesn't... I don't think it ruins the rest of the movie. I just... I I love when I can't
0: predict something. Sure. When something surprises me, it gets points. Yeah. So, um... That's... If you wanted to start on an old-school Dragon Quest, I would say 5 is a good starting point. 4 or 5. Sure. I think are both great contenders. You know what I personally think they shouldn't start with? 6. Dragon Quest 6, Realms of Revelation. Yeah. Now, for me, 6 started real interesting, and maybe it got better when it got past the point that I stopped playing. Oh, okay. Because... And I didn't get as far as I needed to to fully understand this, so luckily you're here. You start out as a character from the dream realm. Sure. So there's the dream realm and the real world, and you eventually start to travel back and forth right. between the two. Right. Which I think is a fascinating concept. Sure. Like, there's a lot of meat on that bone for storytelling. My problem with Six, and I'm hoping I'm remembering this accurately, otherwise, I'm never going to hear the end of it from us. <laughs> Fairly early on, I want to say 10 to 15 hours into the game, you beat the big bad. Sure. You you beat the world-threatening bad guy. Mm-hmm. And then the game is basically, all right, go ahead and mop up the rest of his army. Just go. <laughs> and you aimlessly wander the world, like in Dragon Quest 2, right. not sure where you're going or what you're supposed to do to fight... The mini-bosses, basically. I'm assuming at some point either the big bad comes back...
1: Yes, there's eventually... Just like every other Dragon Quest. Well, yeah.
0: It'd be way too weird if you literally beat the end boss ten hours in. But that's what the story does. Yes. And for me, A, that killed a lot of the impetus. Like, oh, I did it. I saved the world. And then I had no direction. It was just wander around randomly and try to find whatever and i just i tapped out yeah it 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 lost my focus it lost my attention i didn't care anymore i don't even remember any of the characters i don't
1: blame you because i feel like this was a weak follow-up to four and five because the first time i ever played this again this one was never released for the super nes in america or outside japan so I played this for the first time after playing the DS versions of four and five, and then you get to six, and it is a huge letdown after you've played the games as great as four and five. So I agree. Okay. Yeah. So. And I, the characters,
0: I don't remember. I agree, they them. aren't
1: really memorable. Terry, for some reason, is a very, uh, very beloved. He's the swordsman okay I and remember he's a him from very, the heroes like Game. beloved character he's in Dragon Quest heroes and he's like a big big deal character I don't really know or understand why um, but yeah none of the characters overall are are particularly memorable now
0: we had a brief disagreement at the end of the last video that we did about how these games are connected or not. <laughs> So these games have a thematic connection in that they all reference the kingdom of Zenith. I think it Zenithia. is Zenithia, yeah. Zenithia, which is uh, kind. Basically, this universe is Atlantis. It's a lost civilization of yeah. advanced power and just in the sky. It's like yeah, a, it's like a
1: castle it's in the a celestial. sky. Celestial, yeah. Uh,
0: and it's referenced in four, five, and six to varying degrees. It's more important in some than others. Well, you go there in
1: de- in each game. Yes. And it's and it, it lays out... It, basically, it's like these games take place in separate worlds, but they share the same heaven and hell. That's what it's intended to be. Uh-huh. Zenithia is like heaven, and then Nadiria, the underworld that you always end up in at the end of the game, is like their hell. And it shares the same heaven and hell for like three different worlds and then but my point still stands that they are not
0: direct well, sequels not, to each other they are not, none of the characters overlap no,
1: they're only direct sequels, th- there's in, a thematic only sequels in the sense that you're seeing mainly it's with like the dragon god and you see that six but again you didn't finish that, Like it, like in six spoil away, six is actually chronologically the first one because okay. in six the dragon god is just an egg so they did the same thing as it's one two and three Africa. where the last yes. one is the first it's one. actually chronologically first and then four and then five. they don't do that with seven eight nine no because after seven eight nine like after four five and six they even lose that yeah level of connection of just sharing like the same heaven and hell basically but there, there are still connections, but they're just not like they much, much, They're much fainter. Thinner, you know. Much yeah. more tenuous. Yeah. Uh, so,
0: before we move on to our next segment, where we discuss 7, 8, and 9, is there anything else you could say about 6? Since I didn't finish it, it's really all on you. It's really
1: unmemorable. <laughs> so, I mean, there's not a lot I can add. The characters aren't really memorable. I didn't like the whole Dream World thing when I first played it, and you're all of a sudden when you first find out about the dream world thing and you're just like a ghost walking around and all of that it was very disorienting to me um, I wasn't really into it I don't remember a lot about it I've only played it the one time whereas these other ones I've played I've played most Dragon Quests well, at least twice
0: when we finally get around to it or maybe we already have from your time frame the way we record stuff is a little weird uh, when we finally review Dragon Quest 6 for home on the RNG proper it will be the first time I beat the game, because every Home in the RNG game that we play, I do play from beginning to end, no matter what. Good for you.
1: And Russ I will to, play most to... of 6 at least. He'll at least touch 6. Oh, sure. I mean, I've played all of these games, and I will play 6 again. I was referencing the fact that I could not stand Final Fantasy Tactics, or Live Live. Oh, I could not go on living as a human being uh, if I had to finish either one of those games. So when we do Shining Force 2, Final Fantasy Tactics is a great movie to watch on YouTube.
0: Okay, we're off on this tangent now. Um, So, Russ just doesn't like strategic JRPGs that don't have a dating sim. Um, True. So, (laughs) uh, that's it for this little chunk. Uh, We'll join you for the next trilogy of games. And then there'll be another video to discuss the rest of the game. So it looks it looks like we're talking about a four-parter here. Sure. So we'll see you guys next time. Bye.